Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage. For the Boston Celtics, John and I are back. We did do a show recently, uh, but it had been quite a hiatus. Now we have the first game of the season under our belts. A tribute to Bill Russell, the latest and the greatest uh, game. Uh, (laughs) Dude, I've got to tell you, there's been a lot. There's been a lot to digest. Um, And (laughs) I love how the first game played out. And I even like the new uniforms. I'm with you. I can get behind it. Yeah. Gold is, is good. I like the darker green. I, I really do. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I saw all your, your tweets and you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm sure there's a lot of diehards that don't though. There's a lot, a lot of people yeah. don't like them. They, a lot of people don't like them until they see that Bill Russell was partly responsible for their design. And then they, they shut up pretty quickly. So um, that's a nice thing, but yeah, no, I, I, I they're going to call it a hard foul. Good. I think they're going to call it a hard foul. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. It's good, but you know, I think as as I, I think it's perhaps controversial, or maybe a, a, a bit of a debate in terms of whether well, the, the uniforms look good. I don't think there's any debate about how good the Celtics looked Mm -hmm. in opening night and not even a hundred percent healthy. I mean, we've gone through this before Tatum's kind of a slow start to the season Um, question marks about whether or not their chemistry is there. If the focus is there yet, boy, they really did answer it. Um, You know, I'd say the first half of the game, maybe, you know, not a hundred percent on the defensive end, Mm -hmm really coming together but in the second half i like the up-tempo style i mean i've been clamoring this for a while i think chris forsberg i believe wrote about it uh today or yesterday about Mm -hmm. it was had to have been today uh right (laughs) it had to have been today unless it was late last night but he wrote about how it really suits brown's skill set which i've been saying for a while although his dribbling has definitely improved. That was definitely, I would say that was an issue or a concern. 
with the up-tempo style before when he would try to finish plays. But some of it, too, was he was on his own. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times he'd be out on the break and it'd be a one-on-two, and that's when his handle would fail him a little bit. We're seeing just much more of a commitment to, to getting down the floor, playing that up-tempo style. But the defense is what sparks it all. Uh, that's that's what generates that that up-tempo style. And mm-hmm. against a team that is kind of a slow-slogging offense under the direction of Doc Rivers, it's a great sign. What was think- it, 24 to 2? In fast break points, twenty-two to two, oh, something like that. Yeah, it was about twenty yeah. points. Yeah, I no, I I think um, I think this. <laughs> I said that that it's always difficult with these games because you're either going to draw far too much of a conclusion from one yeah. game than you should, or you're going to be complete. Well, you're going to draw one too much from one game regardless, but you're either going to be way high or way down, and so obviously yeah. we're probably way higher than we should be at the moment. But that's okay. I, I'm I don't know, dude. To... 35 points on opening night from your two Both. stars. 70 Brogdon, points combined. Yeah. Really like solving a lot of that second unit. I, here's the thing. If they had last season had a second unit that came out and, you know, seemed to be fluid and through the lineup transitions and everything else, we might have been too high. Uh, the only reason to be a little too high right now is can Brogdon stay healthy, but what he does for that second unit is it's a big, big difference maker. I mean, we can say Rob Williams being out hurts. We can talk about how, you know, the rebounding could still be, you know, somewhat in question, you know, Gallinari, Sam Hauser, like all those things with the bench. But just having somebody out there to direct it, and even, you know, honestly, Derek White with an offseason under his belt, uh, having, you know, a chance not after trade to just be dropped onto this roster and really have had a chance to, to get integrated, high basketball IQ. I like it. I feel really, really good about the second unit in a way I have never felt. Uh, maybe even maybe even with the last championship run. I mean, I loved Posey and Eddie house, but I really like the way this second unit is Grant Williams. It just really, well, I think, I think part of it is you have, you have guys who went through the war last year, like Grant, um, who you have some confidence in even Pritchard, you know, and then, and then you've got, it feels like you have adults in the room. Yeah. You know, and that's something we're not accustomed to because Danny's been building out the, the bottom end of his rotation or his benches with first round picks for the last 10 years almost. And so as a result, and then making them sit on the bench instead it. of develop because right. he brought in these stars that they definitely, as we saw, <laughs> they've developed just fine. But well, there but, were right, but they could have leapt sooner. With, with the adults around them instead of in front of them, and that's the difference, around them instead of in front of them? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, and I think that that's the reason why they're filling out the end of the bench with veterans is because it's this is a team worth spending money on. Right. This is a team that's worth supplanting what they're getting out of the, out of the core young guys with veteran guys who can help you win now rather than, you know, trying to keep – take, you know, kind of Hail Mary shots at, you know, Shemi Ojale's and, um, you know, guys who are 
maybe a little bit harder to to peg in terms of you know their 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 well maybe not Shemi is a good one but but certainly like when we we talk about uh, Romeo Langford's or you know Aaron Nismith those guys were just they were blocked by Tatum and Brown but also they had longer to come to to get yeah. to the place where they could develop so. I think that you're right. I think that this is this is the best bench maybe they've been they've had in some time. Brogdon uh, and White potentially start for other teams. For sure. Yeah. So I having mean, them off yeah. the bench and Grant Williams doesn't get extended, but there's a case to be made on certain teams he's a starter. Oh yeah. The way he's been playing. Yeah. Especially since the weight loss. I, seriously, last season, and obviously we've got only one game this season, but what a big difference. And this is a guy that we thought was going to be a little bit more of that full-on power forward or small ball center coming out of college, strong guy. And he really did reshape his body, became a, at times we can say deadly three-point shooter, definitely a clutch three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And that that has completely transformed how he can be utilized at the pro level. It's, and he's, and he's added, he's added a little bit of, of dribble drive onto his game too. I mean, I, I don't want to get too over the top on one hesitation move to the basket, but, but that that's a, that's an evolution for him in terms of what his, his offensive ceiling, he has, it's to just not how he played up. in college. That's, exactly. That, so, and that's, you know, you see guys, develop i mean look at brown he didn't have a three-point shot coming out of college either right and now he's three steps behind the line <laughs> knocking them down and I, this that's what with you want to see with confidence and and you want to see players change grow morph that commitment I, there was a lot of comparison i think for williams and, and to glenn big baby davis yeah lot of comparison, at least in my mind, right? I don't yeah. know if they were out there, but they, but it was in my mind guys, little on the overweight side, powerful, maybe slightly immature. Grant Williams grew up last off season, heading into last year. And, you know, he's everything you would have wished Glenn, big baby Davis could have made himself into it. Well, you point. remember, I wasn't a big proud. fan of, of Glenn, big baby Davis. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was that that was easy. He's already surpassed. He surpassed that day one. I mean, when he showed yeah. up, I mean, but um, to go back to just to take a step back before we go kind of down to the bench guys, I, I, to me, like the difference, I think we have to start with Tatum and Brown. Like I, wherever this team is going to go is be where, be where those guys take it. Right. Mm-hmm. They lost the finals, not because of Rob's bad knee, or because Horford was too old, or because Smart shot them out of games or turned the ball over every time. Those things contributed or, or what have you. But they lost the finals because those guys couldn't run the offense. They could not get good looks. They Now, Brown had his certainly played better than Tatum, but neither of them really were able to lead the team to where they needed to be. Or play off of each other still. Still exactly. a gap in the coexisting component of that's what it takes for two stars, you know, to be able to compare. I mean, there's, if they play like they did on opening night, there's a chance that both of them are in the MVP conversation. Tatum with the rebounding likely takes it, but 
you 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 score 30 to 35 points a night on a team that and believe me if they're both playing like that this team will be at the top of the, it might not be number 1 but they'll be atop the eastern conference if that's the way it plays out you know honestly there that might be the first time you've got two guys on a team that could really look at the, it could it could seriously be in contention tatum wins out because of everything else he does on the floor. But I don't think Brown is as far away. Definitely all-star. I don't think Brown is as far away as people have, have said, because he just yeah. continues to grow his game every I'm not, year. I don't think he's MVP category, but I think he's definitely on the march towards all NBA. Right. And that's pretty damn good to be, oh, yeah. to be among the top 15 guys. Like, He's not there now, um, but he's within shouting distance of it, certainly. And if he keeps going, look, he's not going to score 35 every night. That's not the issue. But to me, for both of those guys, it's not about their production. It's about what they're doing that helps not only themselves get, not take such a toll on them, but also make it easier for everybody else. So, you know, talking about, you know, Brown playing faster, right? He is an absolute menace in the full court. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't you try to speed up and take advantage of a top 20, let's say top 10, top 20 NBA talent? Why wouldn't you do that? If you're, but so that's almost easier to explain though. To me, the thing that, that jumped out to me was Tatum off ball. Tatum off ball last night was he played with a poise and an intelligence that I hadn't seen from him to this point. And I'm not trying to say he's a dumb guy, but smart guys make some of the plays off ball that he was doing. And I, and I also want to throw some credit to Joe Missoula because I think Joe Missoula is doing a lot of this. So maybe that's a jumping off point to talk about the other guys. But to me, like let's give credit the fact that Tatum wasn't sitting there waiting. It wasn't my turn, your turn. And that's right. what we had seen all uh, Missoula was running stuff where one guy is setting the screen, you know, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, Tatum was coming up to set the screen on smart sky. They over, they overdo worried about what Tatum is going to do off of that screen. Everyone sinks. Jalen's wide open three. Like those. But see, that's the reason. That's the, the reason I think Brown. See, you're nailing it. That's the reason I think Brown takes this huge leap because it was a, your turn, my turn scenario. And Brown had to have the ball and like they would rely on Brown last season whenever they couldn't get a bucket. All of a sudden he shows up and starts taking over the game in little spurts. So, you know, now if they just have that all in the flow of the game, everybody's better. Everybody is better with that style of offense. And and I've said this before, too. I don't know why I get it. They need to be good defensively when it gets to the postseason. You got to be ready to clamp it down defensively. But during the regular season, are you kidding me? Like, I don't have a problem with the defensive lapses as long as they know what they're supposed to be doing and they can string it together. And then there are some games where they really clamp it down. They just have to be playing towards that every possession so that when the games are on the line, they really get it done. What I don't want to see in the postseason is that one dimensional offense because that just makes the opposing team's defense look better than your defense, even when it's not necessarily the better defense. And that's a killer. That is an absolute killer 
Um, and there's a grind of the regular NBC NBA season where going out and scoring, whether you like it or not in this game fuels people's energies and passions and their positivity and the culture. And you keep this team running up and down the floor. By the time we put 20 games behind us, they'll start running over everybody because that's when the injuries start to pile up. That's when teams get a little tired. They're in the grind. Maybe they're a middling team instead of really competing for a playoff position. I almost think that (laughs) the fact that, you know, they have the play in game, and all that wild cardness, I think actually makes people even lazier because it gives them, oh yeah, we're hovering around eight or nine, but we'll be okay. We're a better team. Look at the Nets. Um, looking at you, Nets. Yep, looking at you. I I almost feel like the Celtics, if they maintain that style, well, instead of a slow start, we see a, a good solid start, and then they just blow it up. <laughs> well, but, you know, part of this is necessitated by who they have. This is what I love about there's two reasons. I love that one. I love it because what do they need to work on most their offense? Their offense had to improve for yeah. them to win. Like that was what killed them against Golden State. They could lock down Golden State. They could lock down Miami and, and Milwaukee. But when they ran into trouble is on that end. It wasn't because they couldn't get stops. It was because they could get stops, but they kept throwing the ball away on the other end. Right. So they had to improve on that side of things. But the second part of it is it's about balance, right? So like you were saying, there's the part of it is why not let use the regular season to kind of get up and down and play a little more free and a little bit loose. You know you have that to lean on. But here's another thing. They don't have Rob Williams until probably January or something like that. So mm-hmm. why not if why not be able to get yourself to a point? And I think this is where the Brogdon move to go back to what you were talking about a little bit ago. This is why the Brogdon move was such a big one. Because by bringing Brogdon in, now they have that extra guard, that ball handling guard to do a whole bunch of different things. But it allows them to match up small as well as big. When they went small last year, they weren't good enough. They didn't right. have enough offensive firepower to keep them on the court to offset what they were giving up defensively. Now, if everybody's healthy, and you know, big knock on wood for that because Brogdon and Smart and Rob Williams and Horford's 36 and da, 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 all this stuff. But, but you Peyton take Richard that. doesn't even play any minutes, and he can definitely sure. spot in on that as those guys go down. The, but, the key is you just can't have them all going down at once. Right, but the biggest thing is you have offensive flexibility. Right. If you can be a top three offense by playing small, with one big and you can be a top three defense by playing big with two bigs. That's a recipe recipe for a championship. You've got the answer to every single lineup mismatch that a team could throw at you. And you just, you have the counter move. You just, right. You could say we're still too small. And I think that our good argument could be made for that. But if Von Leigh can hold up like he did last night or the other night against Philly, to just be big and be in the way and you don't have to dedicate draft capital or a, a lot of money to that position. You're taking care of on the big side. Eventually. I hope you're going to get a little bit more out of Blake. Although I think Blake was fine. I don't, I'm not critiquing Blake's play last night in that game, but 
then you really have to look at one position and one position of need, which is you need another wing. Yeah. And I don't know that Justin Jackson's going to be the guy who's going to fill that spot for this team at, you know, when they turn the, turn the corner into, you know, April, May um, and late June, let's hope. Do you think they just move Grant Williams more and more into that wing slot? I don't think he's quick enough. Doesn't seem to be, but you're also not talking about top of the rotation wing. You're talking about depth at the wing. Well, I, I just, yeah, but. I mean, are you, you know, are you wanting a scoring wing, like if, a straight well, up being able to three attack? Three and D. I mean, you know. Well, that's why. So that's why I asked that question. You know, three and D wise, you say he's not quick enough. Or are you just saying he can't defend so. the threes? I don't think he can defend threes well enough. No. I mean, he's done at times. He can switch on to guys. He can hold them for a second. But you know, let's say you're let's say you're playing the Clippers and they're staggering Kawhi and Paul George. Mm-hmm. Are you going to feel great about that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he's. Maybe See, he's at that, that PJ Tucker why, place. But in that case, but, I don't know why you don't just go to. I think that I think you can totally mask that with a small big lineup, like you just said. You know, then you just rotate Brown to the two. And you put Tatum at the three, and you put the bigs out there. But I'm and, saying you're going without Tatum and Brown. You got to cut their minutes down, like oh, that during that the regular wing, season. That wing, that's where yeah. I mean, in yeah. the in the post, well, I would say even the postseason, even the in that in that Golden State series, they had more wings to throw at us than we had to throw at them, which was really yeah. odd because over the last several years, it's been the opposite. Celtics could just throw a six seven guy just one after the another and, and find out who works and make it happen. They were like one guy short. And now, you know, kind of going into this season, you really don't see that person. Like, I, I think it's great to have the options we have. To me, it feels like you're missing that one. So do you think six, five to six, seven guy who can do it? So do you think they're going to wait? I mean, they have the trade exceptions, right? Yeah, there's win. enough money in there to get that guy, and they're obviously not going to value draft picks too heavily with the roster what? construction they have. They did they're give up. need them. They're going to need them. Yeah, as they move forward in, into the future. But if you're going for the championship, well, they did give up this year's pick though, so that's not yeah. right because they don't. So they don't have this coming year's pick to the Brogdon deal, which I would do every day, and there's no problem with that. Oh, yeah. But but now you're going to go down the road two, three years with, with number one picks. Look, to we're be far away from that, being the yeah. Lakers who are absolute dog shit franchise right now. And yeah. they're, and they could be a bottom seven team in the league and hand Victor Wembayama to the, to the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, that could right. happen really, really easily from what I saw in that Lakers, Lakers Warriors game. Um, what a shame that'd be. Oh, uh, so I, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I think that that's what I look at the roster. That's what I think the need is. It's there's one wing and I think there's a way to get there. And this was an interesting idea that I, someone had said to, that I, uh, heard on, I can't remember what podcast it was, but you know, because so many teams may be tanking to get one by Yama or scoot that, there may be a lot of teams that'll just dump assets and it may be a lot cheaper than it had been in the past. So mm-hmm. you may be able for a couple second rounders and, you know, a, a trade exception, you may be able to get somebody decent. 
that would be nice. You know, that would be really nice. Yeah, that would be nice. I mean, if Kelly Oubre is kind of like the guy that I would say, like, oh, that'd be interesting. You know, yeah, he's annoying. He drives me crazy to watch him play. But for what his role would be on this team as like a ninth man, I think we can handle crazy eyes. Kelly. Man. Remember, remember when he was with Washington? <laughs> the, the shove, you know, oh, yeah. and oh man, those were God. Did you just hate him? I did. I hate him so much. He was a front runner. He was yeah. almost a front running turd like Mo Williams, but front not turd. quite. Not quite. Not that bad. <laughs> Mo Williams still the champ. I forgot that front running turd was one of our like coined phrases on this show for so many. Mo years. Williams. He was a, Mo Williams. I'm telling you. <laughs> Mario Chalmers was another one. We Girl go back nuts. Dude. We go back. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> 17 <laughs> years old. Here we go. Oh, Celtic so stuff funny. on. You know, it's fitting if they could win Banner 18, you know, in our 17th year. Yeah. Because when we got this started, they were going after 17. Yeah. They get it. It would be a it would be a great way to celebrate and move on into the you know, move on from the number 17 and, and carry this, carry this torch forward. It'd be we're great. moving on from our 17th year and we're right. ending our 17th year by them winning their 18th. That, you know what? That's perfect. Can you believe it's been 14 years no. since they won that championship? No, I mean, 14 years. Dude. I was talking, I was talking to my son about my oldest son t- t- last night was we were watching the post game with Eddie and Eddie house. And, uh, um, and scow and he and he's like so like are other teams like have old guys as they're i'm like oh man <laughs> any house and scow the old guys now i know i said what about i said i said like tommy i'm like well tommy was like different like there's nobody like tommy but oh that that, that reminds me do it it was was there anything in your mind as you're seeing them play up tempo where in your head you're thinking run Run, oh, Marcus. Yeah. Run. I saw. I saw your. I saw right? your tweet. Tweet on that too. And weren't you hearing it in your head? Yeah. There's like. A, there's like a like. I don't know. There's like a soundtrack that runs in my head sometimes when I see things, and it's forty years of listening to that guy, and it's there. Run. You want to know why? Run. Want to know why? Why? Because he's freaking right. Look at I it. never doubted that. I always wanted that. I wanted it back when Doc Rivers was the coach, but that was <laughs> that was you know not the right ask. Not going to happen for that coach. Yeah, <laughs> but when they brought on Brad, I was really hoping that that we would transition into that because he's a hundred percent right. Play fast, win games, yeah. and yeah, I get the defense, and you need to be able to clamp it down. And I'm not you still got to defend and you got to be a great defensive team. You can't be the Atlanta yeah. Hawks, but I mean, you can be the Atlanta Hawks. You can Hawks. be, but you, you won't, can be, you won't be playing into May. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, yeah, but he's right. And, and, and he would always say he would qualify it. It's not just about running and, you know, lots of turnovers. It's about your defense creating the offense so it's a double win you get the stop and you score the points it's you know do that five or six times in a row and you got a 20 point lead all of a sudden the made free throw into an up quick layup on the other end 
Tommy was celebrating yeah. up above. Yeah. I mean, that is like, oh, he would have been going nuts over that. I Oh, geez. It just deflates the other team when you pull that oh, off. Oh, totally. One yeah. point for two, right? I mean, right. it's just, you know, we'll great. do you that got your, every day of the week. I mean, you, you got your free throw, Joel. You got your free throw, James, right? Okay, but now we're going to get two on the other end because you're going to dog it on your way back or whatever. I mean, let's talk about this man. Celtics team not taking no mess. Mm. I love nah, that. Dikembe Matumbo's finger came out of Jalen Brown. Like, no, bang. no, no. And, hey, shouts to Dikembe. I hope, I hope everything's okay with him and yeah. all that. Good man and done a lot for. Mm-hmm. The world, but you know, NBA and Africa. I don't know many people who don't don't love the Mutombo. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, that I love that. That's like, I, I, in terms of, to me, style of play is the most important thing, right? That's the most important lesson. All of us as Celtics fans, after having swallowed whatever we saw in those finals, we wanted to see them play different. Maybe turn the ball over less. But I think number two on that list was not put up with the other team's bullshit. Yeah, Draymond. You know, Draymond. We can, we can PJ crap Tucker on did him. it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, he did. We can and we can crap on Draymond. Like I, he should. Oh, he should. He should have assault charges. Straight up, he should be in a legal affair. That guy's right? a punk. I, I, not a fan. Not a fan. I've He's... always, I just, I've hated him, but. The way that, that oh. the way that that whole series turned around by them allowing him, he's yep. a degenerate, dude. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but he's just a straight up degenerate. I mean, and and they're yeah. they're condoning it and enabling it, and you know everybody's like, oh yeah, somebody's gonna pay for letting that camera footage leak. And I'm thinking to myself, somebody should pay for not for for hiding this asshole. <laughs> behind the scenes as long as they've had that's exactly what's wrong with professional sports and everybody knows it and it starts in high school Let, let's it starts say- in high school and they stay high school that guy there there's no reason to punch his teammate right. there was no reason right. to cold cock him you get a little instigating on the floor right. sure you know do i like that the league allows him to push everybody around without getting called for oh fouls? hell no Hell no, but it's a completely different deal. You basically told this guy he can do anything he wants. That's what you told this guy. And and now everybody's running around and they're not even they're not even admonishing him for doing it. The whole narrative no. was how did the tape get out? Are you the- freaking kidding me? And they're like, "Oh, but Michael Jordan did that. Michael Jordan did that." Sorry folks, <laughs> that does not condone assault. Well, and then on the on the the opening night of the league, they give twenty minutes to basically a Draymond infomercial, right? For him to run his mouth about to basically say, "I'm not really sorry, and bad things happen, so you should excuse it." But I'm not apologizing. You know, he is present company excluded. We shouldn't take offense to this. So what I'm going to say, he's Bill Ambeer with a podcast, is what he yeah. is. Yeah, he's he's just as you said, he's a degenerate. He's not, um, he is not somebody who is, um, he is not know. somebody I would you want. Want on my your team. kids to grow up like Draymond Green? I mean, just yeah. No well, thanks. 
No thanks. But okay, so let's with the shift back to the Celtics, right? So they went through that, and and as you know, <laughs> Jalen said, "We're not going to take that." You know, there is a hardening that comes with teams who have been through it and and either won it or didn't. Like, are you ready? For, you have to be tougher to go through that that gauntlet again. Yeah. We see Jimmy Butler has that in in, in, mm-hmm. in all over the place. Like he is he is that guy. He is tough. He's going to do whatever he's got to do. Yeah, we'll um, see him Friday night. We'll see. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Um, but you know, <laughs> uh, the, the bucks one year removed, you could see it. They had that kind of thing about them and they had done it. They won. Um, this, these Celtics are trying to say, look, we learned our lessons too. Uh, and I, and I love that. And they've you know? let the officials punk them, but part of it's because, you know, they don't stick up for themselves. They don't show the officials like, Hey, and cause they whine mm-hmm. instead of address and attack they need to be assertive about it and i like that's the tone change here you know even when tatum got his technical that was total bull total bull let's not even talk about the last preseason game because that was a complete nonsense absolute nonsense they're trying to send a message to him you know yeah only validates the fact that we know that they're picking on him Mm -hmm. which means he's got they're basically like shut the hell up tatum the game's rigged we get to do this, right? And I realize that's not really it, but but the point is, is they are they're they they're are. absolutely targeting him. Yeah, he definitely has bad body language, has for a long time. Don't love it, but I'm sorry, he should be able to put his arms up when he doesn't agree with a call because everybody does it. Everybody does it, and then you look at what they let Draymond get away with, which is how he started this, and you look at Embiid. <laughs> taking Marcus smart and cut cupping his arm and flinging him mm-hmm. to the ground. And there's nothing. And they basically say, it's not a foul. I don't know why they didn't, if they were going to leave the technical, then they should have called the foul on Embiid. But I guess that may not be able to do that with the review. They can only say it wasn't a foul. They can't say not only was it not a foul, but Embiid did commit a foul, mm-hmm. but that's basically what they said. They only could rectify it in a certain way. And then they leave the technical on smart who, by the way, barely grabbed his leg. Like there was no squeeze. Like that was the weakest technical I've ever seen. And, you know, at some point the Celtics have to send the message to the officials. If you want to let this get out of control, we're all about it because it's going to be on you. If you don't call the game fairly. If you don't, you know, if you don't let us protect our players, yeah, that's on you for letting the game get out of control. Well, and, and I and I would also add that Embiid gave him an elbow as he was trying as as sort of after the foul, he gave him an elbow that it was it was kind of reminiscent of the you know uh Rondo Wade situation. Obviously, yeah, right. as we all remember. Um I, but I, but no, I, I think <laughs> that was that was the Celtics saying, no, we, I don't care that I'm, you know, I'm the star on this team. I'm not going to let this isn't up for Mook Morris to fight my battles for me. This isn't up for, you know, Aaron Baines to stand in my way. I'm the guy on this team. It doesn't matter that I'm six, seven. I'm not seven footer. I'm stepping up. I'm 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 going to make sure you understand. I'm not going to do this. It It does go to that. 
that critique that Cedric Maxwell had, which was when when was the last time that Tatum or Brown had been in a fight or had started something or whatever you know the connotation is that he was bringing up. Now, I don't know that necessarily. I I think this is what he was looking for. I'm not sure that you know the way he said it was really the what the 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 importance was. But in today's game, you have to do what what Jalen Brown did. I'm the face of this team with Jason right. Tatum. I'm not going to leave it to Smart to fight his battles for him. I got his back too. That sends a great message to everybody in that locker room. It sends a great message to the other team and the rest of the league. Yeah, I'm the big I'm the big dog on this team, and I'm going to make sure you know you aren't going to come and do that to us. Yeah, referees are not there to protect us. <laughs> We're going to protect ourselves. That's mm-hmm. a great message, I think, for this team. You know, it's, but it's a great message back to the officials. Absolutely. Because it puts them in a position. Mm-hmm. And that was where it was before is they weren't tough in the way that they went about this. They were mm-hmm. whiny. And so the officials, that's what bullies do. Bullies <laughs> continue to pick on the whiners. Mm-hmm. It's not until you do what Kevin Garnett said. You punch the bully in the mouth. You knock him out. And when you do that, they stop punking your ass. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, they also didn't go after the officials, you know, in that they went after, you know, that, cause that's the real concern for the officials. You go to, you go at the officials and say, what's the hell, what the hell, what's going on. Right. Then the, then you're in a war with the officials. The official's job is to make sure that you don't go to war with the other team literally. And so you got to put the pressure on them. You mm-hmm. have to put up pressure on the officials to be like, you want this to be a bloodbath, bitch? I'm down. You know, if you want to let this get out of control, we're ready because otherwise they just let the other team be the aggressor. And we've seen it time and time again. And that's, and that's how that whole series against golden state swung. Mm -hmm. They allowed golden state to punk them. And I mean, the officials and the Celtics themselves allowed the Celtics to get punked by golden state. Mm -hmm. And I remember after that game, I said to you, they should have let it get out of control. The Celtics absolutely should have taken this <laughs> to an unsafe place. Yes. They should have been dancing that line as early as possible in that game, knowing that the that they were not going to win the game. You know, and it's like, well, you don't want to do that. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you do. They want that drama. They want that drama in the finals. It's the reason that it happened. It's how they manufacture it to some extent but you are in control of it as a team based on how you respond to it. And again, I'm not saying they throw punches and get ejections and all that, but you've got to come back and you've got to use up those fouls. You have to put that pressure. You have to have a tape the next day of side by side. This is what Draymond did. All we did was the same thing. How come he's got one foul at the end of the game and we had three bigs foul out. You've got to, you've got to force that issue and you've got to see how frustrated Golden State gets too, because they're not going to like having their ass kicked. And you never go down easy. You never go down easy. You don't let them assault you like that in a game and not punch back. So what if you got a thirty-point deficit? Don't let them punk you. Anyway, right? right. No, you're absolutely right. You you have to you have to take charge in a in a different way than letting someone else 
sort of let, letting the officials dictate it. But then can, everything else swung, right? From that game on, then everything else swung. Everything else swung, and mm-hmm. it just they got distracted. And I, there's a maturity in the way that they went through the off season and all of that. But all right, let's let's come back to that. Okay. Football's back. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. You'll also find the latest football odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends. Where? At Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Bet MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. NBA and MMA, you know, really kind of go side by side sometimes. Draymond, hard head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code. You can guess it, John. You want to guess it? What's the promo code, baby? CLNS50. CLNS50 to receive your yeah. rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Where it starts. Where it starts. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Will they continue to maintain this? We don't take no mess attitude or will that get tested by the officials? Will they get picked on the entire season until they win a championship until they do the Milwaukee darlings maneuvering with taking home a championship you know, is this going to become an issue that they're finally punching back? I mean, they've got years of reputation here. Yeah. So you don't just undo that by coming out and waving your finger in game one. You would have thought um, in the first half, they would have earned some of that. You would have seen some of that. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> the contrary. You saw more of last year where, you know, Fabergé egg of the NBA Joel Embiid, uh, you know, does anything, and it's like, let's stop. Oh, my God, he might fall and get hurt. Like, the dude flops around, like, shampoo. Dude, that's so funny you say that. So I was in Maine this week, uh, drove back today, and uh, went up with my son. And so Riley and I are, are driving back from Maine to Pennsylvania. And his, he spent the the weekend with his girlfriend and, you know, she's not, I wouldn't say she's anti-sports, but she definitely wasn't avidly following the Celtics. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But she knows it's opening night. She knows he's a huge fan Mm -hmm. and she's a great girlfriend. And so she's like, (laughs) I'm going to, you know, yeah, I know it's your last night with me. And then who knows? I might not see you for three or four weeks because we live in different States. Right. But, I'm going to watch the home opener with you. Cause I know it's important. And then Riley's telling me that she's like into it. And he's like, and it was so funny because at some point in the game, she looked at me and asked me like, does it bead always flop all over the floor? Like that guy's like a fish, <laughs> a fish out of water. I think we got a new co-host. The fact that she saw it. <laughs> she saw it like fresh eyes. Yeah. Not an NBA, you know, like follower by any means, and is into the game with her boyfriend. I could see with her own plain eyes what you just said about, you know, that's who that guy is. 
and I don't mind that he does it. I mean, hey, you should get away with what you can, but the deference that the league gives him is just weird. Yeah. He's the biggest dude in the NBA without, I mean, I, I think he's, he's bigger than Jokic. He's yeah. the biggest dude in the NBA, and we treat him like he's a six-one guard who's like getting jostled just going into the paint. Yeah, it's it's completely mind-boggling to me. I mean that that we're gonna call a technical for grabbing his leg after he again biggest dude in the game total hook elbows and slam right elbow hook and slam totally I, say there's that you know you know double technicals. Andy call a foul on smart. Fine. I would, that I could understood, but it's like, oh no, it's only Marcus smarts to blame. Like I just, and it's not just that call. I mean, there were numerous calls throughout the game. I mean, it, anyway, yeah, it's you're nuts. It, it's going to, you know, they just know how to prey on Celtics fans. They know this is like our <laughs> thing that it drives us crazy. And I, I try, you know, we've tried to steer away from it for so long, but it's a thing. It's like a real thing and it's not going anywhere. It's a, it's just what it's going to be for us. Yeah. Um. All right. So we got the game uh, coming up on Friday. Yeah. Uh, obviously the Eastern conference finals matchup a real tough one that from last year uh i almost kind of wanted to ask you about harden a little bit too but i'm transitioning to miami but yeah i can't uh, yeah all right so we'll just leave that one alone very Harden. yeah anyway yeah yeah we'll just leave that one alone yeah for this this one they, we'll, we'll play get back again. to it he, he'll play come again, up again. It, yeah. but I, I just want to register this he looked like the greatest player in the first 20 minutes. And I, I, I tweeted this at Jeff Clark because he said something about Harden or whatever. He played great for one hundred one one hundred sixty second of an entire season. Well, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see him do this, you know, for a week or three or a month or. The talent is undeniable. The question is whether or not mentally and physically he can keep up. So I, I don't think he does that's look ever like he lost a little weight, though. He was sure. getting pretty chunky in Brooklyn. But like, show me. Like that's the thing that I, I yeah. couldn't understand. And I know we want to move on, but like that's the thing I couldn't understand from all these NBA podcasts picking the Sixers. Basically, they were picking the Sixers because the narrative that. Jo- that Joel Embiid was Joel Embiid and should have won MVP, even though everyone agrees Jokic should have won. But Joel Embiid should have won because he came in second the last few years and Harden gave a good deal on his contract. How many people were screaming from the from all over the place they shouldn't re-sign him and get him back here? Yeah, part right. of that's the money, sure, no doubt. But these guys still making 30 million a year. It's not like he's like mid-level money here. We're talking yeah. 30 million and he's got a style of play and a certain way of like managing himself that hasn't exactly proven to be successful since the time that, that the, the Rockets lost to the Warriors in what was it 17, 17 yeah. or 18 when, when yeah. you know, so we're talking like four or five years since they've, been really successful at, at doing this 
why are we so like in love with James Harden because he signed a new contract? I don't really understand right. it. Prove yeah. it to me. Let's let like you said, let's check back in on this on a month. I bet we'll have a different take on where the James Harden experience is. I think he fits Doc Rivers well, though. Sure. Doc Rivers is going to be fired too. So yeah, that's a, it's, huh. he's, it's not going to work. I mean, it, they're both going down with the ship together. I yeah. mean, Doc wanted to get out of Philly last year. Harden didn't want to sign for the money. It's kind of like this loose collection of people that really don't want to be together. And Bede's the guy there, but you know, he was gassed and, and hanging on his knees by the fourth quarter. I just don't think it's going to work there. I, I really don't. Yeah. I've never been a believer. I, I think they they could add guys. Maxi, I think, is a good player. I think there's yeah. things they could add around Embiid, but I don't think Harden is that guy. Simmons obviously wasn't that guy. And he fouled out tonight with five points. Uh, let's see. He has more than double the amount of fouls than he does points. So that's <laughs> uh, what Corey B said. So you know, that was just a lose-lose <laughs> for everybody. Anyway. Oh, dude. That's like... Somebody said to me the other the other day, it's like, people don't change. You know, the problem is we got to take ourselves with us wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you just were talking about Simmons there, that's what I thought. You know, like, hey, whatever you were doing in Philly just because you went to New Jersey didn't mean you didn't go with yourself. Whatever was going on there came with you. It's the same baggage. It wasn't Philly's baggage. You didn't leave it there. It it came with you. And now, now it's New Jersey's, but Hey, I love it. I also love hearing, you know, what, what, Oh, right. Bookers. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do that forever. <laughs> um, those New Orleans Jazz, they're awesome, man. Uh, <laughs> um, I love I love hearing Blake Griffin talking about everybody in the locker room because of the slap in the face it is every mm-hmm. single time to Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I don't love it just because of what it like says about how this team is approaching this season. They know it's they're fine. There. It's fine. Yeah. But it's the backhanded. It's the backhanded Kyrie like that. Yup, Boston, you got it right. I should have come here. I went there. He's a cancer. You guys know what's going on. I am so happy to be here on this team doing mm-hmm. this thing. Mm-hmm. That to me is just, well, it's like, it's like second dessert. <laughs> I love kiss. it. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. You're, it's, it's it's better than than Ennis Cantor's, you know, you know, I want to wear number eleven or whatever. Yeah, his whole thing there, that was that was a little yeah. more contrived. This was like really to the heart of. Yeah, he didn't oh. say it, but he knew what we wanted to hear, and by not saying it that way, yeah. he legitimized it and said it's true. Hey, let me ask you this question. I don't know if you saw this. So Kyrie. Uh, announced or something that he's a father again, and and that's great, you know. Certainly, that's a wonderful thing. But he announced that he was the doula for his pregnant. Yeah, right. Okay, good. <laughs> he was the doula, and he caught his son. Now look, 
when my wife and well, I well catching we, his son is great but i mean but, did he seriously like at home learn yeah, to become a doula right i i actually i actually went through and looked up on what it takes to become a doula yeah I, anyway. i've got a, a close my vp of sales for one of my other mm-hmm. companies is a doula yeah and i think if i told her like could you just magically become a doula so that you could catch your own baby right you know, in the midst well you know what i will say this he had a lot of free time on his hands last year true and i <laughs> that's very true maybe he maybe he got his rn we don't know we don't know what he's doing this time. You don't have I'm to be guessing an RN to be a doula, but still. No, I know, but I'm guessing, given his stance on some other issues, whole Western medicine thing is not something he's really, you know, and science isn't really something he's really cluing in on. But that's um, that's just me. Uh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Jesus. I I don't know. Like like you said, catching your is there son, really no problem. An Easter or West. In the Whatever. flat earth thing, I just don't even know. Like, I feel like east and west is, you know, you got to kind of believe well, that the, you know, the world is around. Sure. I'm just saying, like, science and that, you know, he's, he's Not a free so thinker. Science-y. Yeah. Right. He's a free, he's a free thinker uh, and loves InfoWars and Alex Jones. Whatever. Totally normal. We should stop talking about Kyrie. This is this is bad. This it's is never going to end. Here it is again. I know. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like. So, but anyway, it was about Blake Griffin. And yeah, it was right. About some of the vets, and it was about legitimizing that. And yeah, you know, I love the way that Jalen Brown started the season because I feel like he answered the whole Kevin Durant call immediately, and it's clear he wants to be here, and it's clear everybody wants him here, and it's clear that he and Tatum are finding they're getting closer on the court. I don't know if that means they're closer off the court. I don't care, but they're closer on the court. They're more in sync. Their common goals are becoming more aligned. Not because not, not that that by the, by me saying that, that the opposite was true, that they weren't working together at all. That's not what I'm saying, but they, it is clear that they're figuring it out together mm-hmm. at this point, that that part of their partnership on the floor is starting to make sense to both of them. That's critical. And, you know, I thought it was ludicrous that we would trade him for Durant ludicrous, not because I don't think Durant's a great player and, and all of that, but, you know, you got to ask the, the issue of health. And we've tried to do this before we've traded guys away for the, you know, for the Kyries. <laughs> and it, it and I think the reason people think it works is because it worked with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, especially in Boston, right? Like we look at that and say that worked, that made that happen. But, you know, as much as that made it happen, it was drafting Rajon Rondo and Kendrick Perkins and piecing them around them. Um, you know, it was getting the Eddie houses, and the James Posey's and remember they didn't stay, you know, I think doc brought that up in a recent interview leading. Into yeah. Fr- that was such bull doc. Shut up, doc. Well, hold on. <laughs> I'm, a not second, taking, I'm not taking, I'm not taking team building second. lessons from doc rivers. No, I'm sorry. I get that. I get what Jesus, you're saying. Like, I get what you're saying, but we didn't really have that Eddie house, James Posey. I don't think we could have kept them. Right. But right. we didn't have that, 
to draw parallels to this season. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think you, I don't think it makes sense to trade for a Durant who, you know, is on the back end of his career Mm -hmm. may not be able to prove that he can be healthy. And, you know, this is a bunch of players that are on the rise that are figuring out their chemistry smart and Brown and Tatum only just last season really got a chance to run the show, mm-hmm. you know, together and, you know, under a new head coach. And then this year, you know, it's their team. And now you have players that I would say are better than Posey and house rounding out the bench. And you still got some young players that are going to play their roles, not necessarily in the starting lineup the way that Rondo and Perkins did, but you know, Grant Williams kind of slots into that story and that narrative. And, you know, I think it's about balance on the roster. And then you've got guys like, you know, Blake Griffin, who maybe he's the PJ Brown type where you only need one or two clutch plays from him to make the difference on being a championship team or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think keeping it together and building off of what they had last year made so much sense. And I'm, I'm so happy for Brown that he, you know, came out and had a big first night and continues to show like, Hey, you know, it's great that it's only Kevin Durant that comes up in trade rumors anymore. But, I, well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, that just, that's it. I mean, like if that's, if that's what it takes to pry Brown out of Boston, then that's quite a compliment. And at some point, right. I think people are going to realize like, why would you even do that? Well, I think, you know, they were they were in a place where it's I don't know if you know there's kind of two two charts going in opposite directions, right? Like more than likely Brown has some northward um movement in his, you know, value coming off of last last June and probably to, you know Durant doesn't have that much longer before he's going down. So they were kind of at a nexus point where it felt like, okay, well, this could go one of two ways here. Well, I, you know, I think I'm not saying that the Durant's over the hill and done, but I think we can pretty clearly say that Brown has gone to the next is ready to go to that next level. Uh, Yeah. You know, and, and then with, with a really nice contract and locked up for a few more years. For a little bit longer. Yeah, a couple more years. But yeah, I mean this just not to like go there, but it's two years. So we gotta be somewhat like the clock is ticking, I guess is my point. My hope yeah, is Yeah, but they gotta give him the full I mean they'd be stupid. I don't think there's a question they would. Yeah, but, yeah. But I don't know that there's a I don't know if there's a question whether or not he's going to want to see the market. Because he never has, yeah, and he is a vice president. Doesn't get you more money now. That I don't think it's about that. I think it's, you know, it's like it's partly like Grant Williams' situation. Like he wants to go to free agency to prove a point. He's got he he. Totally we know Jalen is willing to prove a point. You know, yeah, I mean? yeah. No, you're right, but but he, meaning Grant Williams, has got he's got upshot. He could make more money by oh, having yeah. a phenomenal year on a championship team yeah, and testing true. the waters. Like he's, he's got so much to gain barring injury mm-hmm. by, by making that move Brown on the other hand, doesn't 
Right. Gambling, Good point. gambling on injury in the final season, if the Celtics are going to throw you the most money that you could possibly make in an extension with one year to go is pretty much a no brainer or should be for, for Jalen Brown. Sure. It but remember be. who his agent is. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the other. So, uh, I think Jalen, everything Jalen outwardly has said has been well thought out and considered. And I think he's a smart guy. He's going to have a two year window here where it's going to be a lot of, a lot of eyes on him. And the first decision he made in that two year window was to hire Donda Sports and Kanye West. That's, yeah. I'm not going to make an issue of it. I don't really like, look like what Jalen's going to be judged by the decisions he makes, not by the people who, you know, the company he's keeping, but you know, with where that conversation's going right now with Kanye, I wouldn't want to be affiliated with him. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that, but, but, but in a larger sense, I think you're right. I think he wants to be back. I, I think he likes it here. I think he sees value in it. I think you see it in his play. You see what he's trying to accomplish. You see that there's room for him to be a star here and 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 the type of person. That's why I think it's so great about those two. They're so different as people. Yeah. That there's room that for there's each room to for do. both of them. Yep. Exactly. And they get to and be I their think, own character. Yeah. And there's plenty of room on the team for them to both be stars. Yeah. And you know, nothing and they value like a, that in each other. Like nothing like a championship to cement that. Absolutely. And Tatum really, always says, Yeah, he wishes he could do the things that Jalen does. Now Jalen doesn't say that about Tatum, but he does it like kind of sly way, because that's kind of how he works. It's kind of sly comments. Yeah. But I, I think there's plenty of room for those guys to be. Um, you know, be them, be successful, and 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 be, be here together, and each have their own shine in their own ways. Um, you know, Tatum is going to, you know, he's he's just if he plays the way he played last night for seventy percent of the, I'm not saying as productive, but the style and and the intelligence and in how he's playing, the efficiency, um, give or take seventy percent, like I said. That that guy's an MVP candidate, if if not the MVP of the league. Yeah, that yeah. was that was so impressive. How that guy, I know they both have the same number of points, and I'm not trying to compare them by saying that, but just the the, the reason why the Celtics lost was more on Tatum than on Brown, and the yeah. things that he had to fix were a bigger issue for this team's you know kind of ceiling. I think. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, because just, Brown Brown had just a phenomenal postseason. He did, he did. Yeah. yeah, he played great against Golden State, but there's a limitation in one not having enough help because you yep. know we talked about Tatum's injury and whatever, but also you needed an offense around you. You know, there's a reason we you see guys that can get buckets and their teams don't get farther than the second round. Right. They just they can't get enough for the other guys. But honestly, even like somebody like Brogdon would have solved so many totally. issues. Totally. Because they just needed somebody yeah. to be able to handle the ball and facilitate things. And you know, unfortunately, like Smart does a lot of things, but I I mean I want to see a Brogdon Smart lineup. Like Smart, Brogdon, Brown, Tatum, and Rob. 
I want to see that yeah. because you get the defense, but you take some of the ball handling pressure off of smart, mm-hmm. which only makes his defense be able to go to a whole nother level, but he can still hit the three. You can still rely on him if he's the open man. Totally. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I, if we don't see that lineup and I realize we're not going to until at least January because Rob's not going to play. But if we don't see that lineup at some point, I mean, the defense is there. Like that still might be a smaller quote unquote lineup, but you've got phenomenal defense in that unit. Like Brogdon's not a slouch on defense. No, you know, he's not no. Marcus smart, but he's not a slouch. Like he's, Solid. So even if he's they're undersized, for his, Brown yeah. is a great defender. Tatum's mm-hmm. a great defender. Smart's an exceptionally and exceptional and very well-rounded, versatile defender. Rob is Rob. He's a shot-blocking menace. You know, especially when he's healthy, he's a rebounding menace. Additionally, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's what you lose with Rob when he's not healthy is the rebounding. Yeah. Right. Totally. And sometimes his ability to cover, like recover on. You know, anytime mm-hmm. he's you know got to slide back in, uh, he moves slow with injury, and so what? he doesn't always get there in time. But 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 those five is are still a top five, if not still top three, NBA defensive team, and the, all of a sudden the ball movement is next level. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's you know a year ago. Tatum and Brown, we wouldn't have said that about, right? right? That's that's wouldn't those matter guys that you had gone, and it probably still wouldn't. It, they'd still be running the same weird. Is that an email right. thing, though? I mean, is this the Joe Missoula well, stamp? That's I'm I'm gonna I, I, that like that's my hot take at this point that I'm gonna I'm gonna stand on. Let's see it is against Miami. Joe Missoula, this is Joe Missoula's offense. And if Joe Missoula can can do can do for the offense as Ime did for the defense, look out because I, there is so much in that game. I thought that was so much more creative offensively, and part of that is buy-in from from players like Tatum and Brown to make it work. So fun, give them credit. Fun but, to watch. Totally. Fun to watch. Yeah. And and, and so critical. Let's give another shout out to the fact that the NBA got rid of the take the take foul. Because there was Mm. one play, I think it was, let's see, second half. Tatum uh Brown gets a steal, leaks out. I think it was Maxi was running alongside of him. Now, last year he wraps him up side out of bounds. This year, he can't because it's just an extra point. Tatum, Brown gets a big dunk. Crowd, bound, you know, crowd goes yeah, crazy. Game is more fun. Timeout, and everyone loves the game a little bit more. It's it's the game of basketball. You know, yeah. Maxi could have tried to pin it. He could have, you know, and there's nothing wrong. Like that's that's part of the game, right? But that take foul stuff, I hate. I was, I love, I loved it. So that's, I I think we're gonna see a lot more scoring this year. I think that's actually gonna be something that's gonna help the league. We're going to see more fast break points. We're going to see more dunks and transition. It's going to uh, change the way they play defense too. Not just like mm-hmm. not doing the take foul, but the way that they try to slow things down mm-hmm. is going to be totally different because they're not going to gamble that they're not going to gamble, you know, on offense even. So even though the offense is going to move up, there's going to be certain gambles that they're not going to take anymore. Well, and the know, more f- because they can't recover with, 
the foul. Mm-hmm. Well, the more the more efficient your offense is, the less able someone is to to run out and get those those yeah. you know breaks. So if you can cut down your turnovers and be an efficient offense, and that may be your best defense. Right. At least to the early part of the year. So especially without Rob there, like you were saying, without him there, let's go all offense. Let's get these guys clicking and playing together and understand how to cut off ball and get get everyone's, you know, what their needs are, get them all kind of figured out among so many weapons. It's just how do they get them all involved and and make Mm -hmm. the right read and take it and exploit the defense. We need That's more for Pritchard and Hauser. Like, and I, I, I'm not. That's not a critique of either of those guys. But they have more to add than we saw in the opening opening night. And they the great. Will. The great thing is, is they both shoot three balls, mm-hmm. which will space the floor. And if we're going to start seeing this cutting, then it's just a matter of: Are you on tonight? Are you going to hit these shots? Because nobody's going to pay any attention to you. So you're going to have tons of open looks. Mm-hmm. If you knock down your open looks, you're in the game. But both Pritchard and Hauser very much have that ability. If wide open and unchallenged, they should be relied upon to hit, you know, 40%. They should be, if they can't hit 40%, they don't stay on the floor. And it's hard to imagine Hauser without a hand in his face, not being able to hit 40%. I mean, it's precisely the reason to have him on the roster. All right, John, I got to wrap this up. Great way to get the season going. I can't wait to come back. Can't wait to see the game. Against Miami, oh, what a hell of a way win. to start the season. Philly Screw and then Miami. Woo! Do they play yeah. Milwaukee right after that? Because it only makes sense. <laughs> What's the game after Miami? Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to ask me. Uh, let's see. Uh, Magic on Saturday, who right. actually looked pretty frisky. Ben Caro had 27 points and filled up a stat sheet. So that could be. What about uh, Franz Wagner? He's I drafted him onto my. There you go. Get? What did he get? I don't have I don't have the whole box score. I just know Bancaro. He's a Duke guy. Of course, I'm going to look oh, at I gotta, I got to know. I got, he's on my fantasy team. Let's well, just pull uh, it up right now. Yeah, this is my right. sleeper pick. I need this guy. Let's see. Uh, 20 points, four rebounds, five assists. There you go. Okay. Five turnovers. Franz Ferdinand is helping. The, the, oh, uh, the I wondered if you had done. Take me out, everybody. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's episode. John and I really appreciate you tuning back in. There's going to be more. It's going to be an exciting season. The ride to Banner 18. John and I haven't really done our prelim. We just jumped right into this season, but I feel really good about this one, folks, and uh, especially their attitude with all the nonsense. They're not taking no mess. No mess at all. Uh, All right. John, no mess, no mess. I'm going to wrap it up. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And for my co-host, John, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live. More to come.